0: Let's go to the Lord in prayer for the Word of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity this morning that as we come to you, we simply humble ourselves. What a wonderful opportunity that you've given us today to take a brief moment of our day and to honor you. We've honored you this morning in worship. We've honored you this morning in our giving. And Father, we take this time and honor you and say thank you that our hearts are good ground good soil prepared to receive the word of God. And as we receive the word of God, we are believing that our lives will be touched, ministered unto in such a degree that will not be the same. And so, Father, we thank you that our ears are open to hear the word of God and our hearts are good ground and good soil to receive. And we ask the Holy Spirit to move in our behalf. Give us words to say. Help us to think along the lines of different thoughts that we weren't even prepared to say that will minister exactly to the needs of your people. And, Lord, we just pray that you'll use my tongue as the pen of a ready writer to write upon the hearts of your people today. We give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise, and we thank you for this in Jesus' name. I agree with that? If you agree with that, say amen. All right, well, let's get right into our notes. This morning I want to talk to you about, you should have a handout, so if not, we'll we'll get a handout for you, the power of one, the power of one. And our hearts and our theme for the first quarter is Simply this, that you matter and that you can make a difference. You can make a difference in your home. You can make a difference on your job. You can make a difference in your community. The power of one. A lot of times what simply happens is this. People fail to move. They fail to step out because they're always looking for company. But if God spoke to you and told you to move out, that I'm going to use you in a mighty way, then you don't need any company because you got all of heaven backing you up. And so, but we have to do, though, we have to step out in faith, stay in faith. And so many times what happens, we're like, I don't know if I can do this. I, I simply don't know I, I, if I can do this alone. I need help. But we're going to look at men and women in the Bible today to see that God used one person to change a generation, one person to touch a community, one person to touch a life. And it's so exciting that I believe that God wants to use you to do the same here in Gainesville. The power of one. Say that with me, the power of one. So go to 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 19. I'll be reading from the New King James Version, but 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 9 through 18. This gives us a simple story, a depiction of Elijah and his life. And we're going to see what the Lord did through Elijah. And then we're also going to see what Elijah did and, and how he responded as God used him in a mighty way. How many believe that God wants to use you in a mighty way? I believe he does. But we just have to be willing. And it's getting over that hurdle. It's like, okay, Lord, I, I trust you. I, and I'm going I'm to do what you've called me to do. I, I, just, I just need to step out. And I want to encourage you this morning to step out in faith and believe God, the power of one. God wants to use you in a great way. And and I, I just want to share with you that the Lord has put on our hearts the city of Gainesville to reach people in the surrounding area, to reach them, those who are lost, those who are hurting, those who have gone, I mean, that are in despair. I mean, I tell you what, that sounds like good company because those are the same kind of people that surrounded David the men who surrounded David and his mighty army. We can build together a mighty army of God by bringing in those who have gone through some of the same things that you have gone through. We just have to step out in faith, the power of one, and just simply invite. Say invite. So we're going to talk about it's not hard. This is not going to be a hard thing. It's going to be very simple. All we're going to do is just allow the compassion of God, the love of God that's built up on the inside of you to just come up and speak and invite your friends to come to church. Isn't that exciting? Wow, I heard one person too. Okay. This is exciting. All right. Now, let's continue to look at our theme. What is our theme this morning? This is in your notes. One person matters to God. And I want you to know, and I said this before. That if Jesus were to come and he had to die on the cross for one person, he would have. And if Jesus were to come and die on the cross for that one person, that one person was you, he would have come and died on the cross for you. One person makes a difference. And so we see in our notes that one person matters to God. But I also realize that, that at different times of our lives, we go through things. There's occasions and, and many opportunities. And people, what happens, we entertain feelings and, of despair and doubt. And, and it's like we're saying, you know, like, Lord, how can you use me? And we begin to compare ourselves with other people. I call it comparison And we start saying, well, look at them. And how come I'm not where they're at? Or how come I don't have what they have? And then we begin to realize that over time, we're letting ourselves know that we're not significant when God never said you weren't significant. God always said that you're important to him, and he has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your life. Because what happens simply is this. If we continue to look in the mirror, and we continue to put ourselves down, we continue to see, we do not, we see nothing good in us at all, then what happens is there's a lack of value that's attached to your life. And that lack of value or that mindset will follow you everywhere you go. I mean, no matter who you talk to. And when, they, and when you leave their presence, and then what happens is because it just comes out of it, just like a sponge. You know, if you take a sponge and whatever kind of liquid you put in there and you squeeze it out, guess what? It's going to come out, whether it's water, whether it's juice. And so what happens is if we are devaluing ourselves and we go around and putting, you know, walking with our head down and I don't know if I'm going to make it. 2012, because, you know, 2011 was so hard. Man, I had a hard time with my kids, had a hard time with my husband, had a hard time with my wife, had a hard time on the job. And it's like, wow, am I still in 2011? See, and we go on and on and on. But we've got to let those things go. We talked about last week about forgetting those things and letting things go. And stop speaking those words over yourself. Yeah, but you don't know. So-and-so hurt me. Man, I tell you what, and I'm not doing this because of what they did. And I'm not doing that because of what they said. No, we let those things go because what's going to happen is you're going to begin to carry that around you. And then as people come come and and talk to you, they're, they're in your company, you leave, and you're thinking, you know, you would think, I would think, what are they saying about me? Now, some people say, I don't care. Well, I think we should care to a certain degree. I mean, you know, we should care to a certain degree. Let me say it again. You should care to a certain degree. But you walk away, and then we we have this woe is me mentality. The first thing they're going to say is, man, I feel sorry for them. What's wrong with them? Man, they act like they have no value, don't care about anything in life. Well, that's not you. I said, that's not you. Amen? And so we are people of value because God values you. I said, God values you, and he cares about you. So let's continue to look in our notes. We're going to see here in verse, verses 1 through 7, following in your notes, that Elijah actually said he got to the point where, where we would call him being suicidal because he wanted to just give up and die. Now, I'm not saying any of you have ever gotten to that place in your life, but you maybe have gotten to a place in your life where you said, I'm just going to quit. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm done. I'm tired. I'm giving up. You know what? I'm throwing in the towel. Nobody cares, so just forget it. And we're going to see here that Elijah, being a man, being a human being, just like you and I, he went through those things. But God came alongside and delivered him and lifted him up, just like he'll lift you up today as well. And so let's go on. So we'll see a few things we're going to learn from our, from our text, and we're going to examine this, but let's go begin looking together at verse 1. Verse 1 says this. And Ahab told Jezebel and all Elijah and all, all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all, excuse me, all the prophets with the sword. So here was a battle. A battle took place. The prophets of Baal were saying that their God, you know, is, can do this, and their God can do that. And then here comes Elijah and says, no, my God can do this. There was a showdown. And then when there was a showdown, what happened is God showed up. I said God showed up. And then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah. Now, Elijah just had been used by God in a, I mean, in a great way, magnificent way. I mean, and then he slayed and killed the prophets of Baal under God's direction. And so, man, you're thinking, wow, Elijah would be excited, right? I mean, like, thank God, this is wonderful. God showed up. I mean, there was, I mean, God actually came down. I mean, we would say there were sacrifices, and I mean, fire rained down from heaven, and, and I burnt up the sacrifice and licked up the water. That's a miracle. This took place in front of all these prophets. And then what happened is this. Jezebel said, sent the message to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. A threat went out. Jezebel said, you know what? I'm going to kill you. I mean, just simply this. I'm going to kill you, Elijah. Okay, now remember what he did. Remember everything, how God had used him. And then in verse 3, and when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life. Uh-oh, don't get on Elijah. Because many times what happens, God has used you and I in a a great way, and all of a sudden, when the enemy comes in and brings doubt and fear, we go, oops, and we run. Not maybe for our life, but we go, oh, no, how am I going to do this when God just used you in a great way? And then, listen to this. And he went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. I mean, he ran and left his servant. He just got out of town, (laughs) okay? And then, I love this. It says, but he himself went on a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die. Listen to the despair that Elijah was in, but God had just used him in a great way, and he said, it is enough. It is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. So here you can see he fell asleep, did great things, wonders. God used him in a mighty way. One person, the power of one. And because the enemy used, of course, here's these threatenings coming down. People saying, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Maybe they said that to you. And then all of a sudden, he forgot what God had just done, how God had used him. And he went and slept under a tree. And then the angel of God came and touched him and said, get up and eat. God came alongside and began to encourage him. Verse six. Then, then he looked, and there by his head was cake. It was a cake baked on coals, and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, "Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you." So he arose and ate and drank, and he went in uh, the strength of, of that food forty days. Listen, forty days and forty nights, as far as Koreb, the Mount of God, Mountain of God. Verse nine. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Think about it. He ran. He, he went and slept under a tree. Now he's in a cave. What is he doing? He's hiding. He's hiding. Now God is, God is speaking to him. God is dealing with him. God has just used him to minister in the power of God I mean, just fell on his life, and, and people began, I, I, I mean, to see the, how the wonders of God and the miracles of God. Now he left, he ran, he, he slept under a juniper tree, he wanted to die, and then all of a sudden he's in a cave hiding. He doesn't want to be found. Who's he running from? His enemy. But is God greater? Sure he is. But you know what happens a lot of times, can I say this, that we run from our enemies, we run from fear, We run from worry. It seems like we run from sickness. When we don't have to run from these things, what we do is we hit them head on in the name of Jesus, and we put them under our feet. Say, under my feet. Let's go on. So here he finds himself in the cave. What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone. Uh Oh, wait a minute. I alone am left and they seek to take my life. All of a sudden he got this mentality that I'm all by myself. I'm all by myself. Lord, I don't know you know, what's going to happen. I mean, no one's doing what they're supposed to be doing. It's supposed to be doing. And here I am. And, and, you know, I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to throw in the towel. But notice what it says here. Verse 11. Then he said, go out and stand in the mountain before the Lord. This is God's revelation to Elijah. So God says, I'm going to show show you how I'm going to use you. He said, go and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And it says here, and a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. Say in the wind. Mm -hmm. The Lord was not in the wind. And then it goes on and says, and after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. Verse 13 so it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly, a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left again. And they seek to take my life. Verse 15. Then the Lord said to him, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive and anoint Hazael as king over Syria, also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel, uh, Meholah, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. And it shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hazael, Jehu, will kill. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha, will kill. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him. What a great message to Elijah to say, Elijah, you are not alone. And maybe perhaps this morning you may feel like I'm alone. I feel like I'm alone. Where is God even? I need help in my life. It seems like I'm I'm just constantly making bad choices. I'm turning here and turning there. and, And then the end results going into, and you look back in 2011, is that it wasn't what you wanted to accomplish for your life. I've got good news. It's not over. Everybody say it's not over. God wants to use you, the power of one. You are so significant. And God began to show Elijah that it's not all in the earthquake. It's not all in the fire. Listen, it's in that still, small voice that we have to listen to God and let him lead you and let him guide you. Let him show you what he wants, the power of one. Let's take a look at some other individuals because I believe that it matters as we see here in our, in our notes how God used single one single life has value and is important to God. But number one, here's what happened. God was sharing and wanted to get across to Elijah that he has value for God. Elijah, I see you as being significant. I see you as a person of purpose. Number two, God is willing to search for him and be close to him. Notice that God came to Elijah. He was willing to search for him and to be close to him. God will search for you and he's willing to be close to you. Let's go on. Three, even when we think that we're alone, God is present because he is Jehovah Shammah, the Lord God who is present. And as I said earlier, one single life has value and is important to God. Your life has value and it is important to God. Think of how in your notes, think of how God saved the world or his people. Let's look at some examples here through one person. Everybody say one person. Noah found, notice this, Noah found favor in the eyes of God when the whole world thought evil all the time. One person. God used Noah. He used his family. But because Noah chose to follow God, he used him. He rescued, he delivered his family. Listen, all because he chose to stand up and do what's right and to follow the voice of God. And then we think about how God raised up Joseph. Think about Joseph's life. From the prison to save the world from famine. Look at what happened to Joseph. God began to speak to Joseph, gave him a dream, just like God speaks to you today. And I know he's giving you dreams. He's given you guys have so many goals. You have so many desires and things you want to accomplish for the Lord. And I want, you to, I want to tell you this morning that it's not over. Those dreams will still come true. We just have to trust God and not give up on God. Joseph did not give up. Oh, even though there are those around him, even his family, his brothers, didn't like the dream that, he, that God had given him. And sometimes I would simply tell you this, that you can't tell everybody your dream. Because there are those who will try to come and steal your dream. Those who will try to come and destroy your dream. Those, all the naysayers will say, don't forget it. It's not going to happen. Just throw in the towel. I will tell you that, that, that as we were praying, Betty and I were praying, and others were praying for us to, to launch out and to move to Gainesville, Florida. Listen, we were in Clovis, New Mexico. They call that place the land of enchantment. Simply this. Actually, and, and I said, you know, when I moved there, now I'm not going to talk, that's where Holly's from, so I'm not going to get on her town. But when I moved there, there's no trees. How are no trees. And I think it's nothing but, now if you've ever been to New Mexico, it's nothing but land. And I'm thinking, this is not enchanting at all. The land of enchantment. Are you kidding me? Dry. You know, and then not only that, they have these, these big old, what do we call these things that, that tumbleweeds that be born like you see on TV. Like the wild, wild west. This is, this is for real. And, and, you know, running, I mean, hitting your car, didn't you? I'm telling you the truth. So we moved there. And then we began, God began to use us, and we were there for several years in the ministry. Then God spoke to our hearts, and he placed a vision. He placed a dream in our hearts. So, you know, many people had came up to us and said, why are you going to move to Gainesville, Florida? Why are you even going to go in the ministry? Are you sure you can do that? How do you know God is calling you to do that? On and on and on and on. Let me tell you this. We didn't let them steal our dream. We didn't let them tell us that we couldn't do it because we knew what God said in our hearts. Yes, even though we go through, we went through difficulties, yes, it happened right away. But I tell you what, we stayed with God, and because we stayed with God, we are here today, and we're excited about it, and we're excited about you. We're excited about what God has for the future. Amen? The power of one. The power of one. Let's go on. And then we also see that God used Moses to take people out of Egypt, to take people out of bondage. I will tell you today that if you will simply say, Lord, use me, that if you, and ask the Lord to open up your eyes and just begin to look where you are in your neighborhoods, on the job, there are people that are in bondage to so many things. And then we're saying, Lord, you know, I, I want to do this. and I want to do that. But the Lord is saying, you know, right where you are, begin to minister. Right where you are, begin to touch a life. One person, the power of one. There are people that are strung out on drugs. People that are dealing with alcohol, depression. I mean, the list can go on and on and on. And you know some of these individuals. My thought to you is simply this, is, is what are you doing about it? Can I challenge you this morning? What are you doing about it? Because really... God wants to use you. Why do you think that person knows you? Why do you think you know that person? I simply believe this because God wants to use you to touch that person's life. And sometimes what happens, we, we actually go around that person or we'll, we'll make sure, you know, so that we don't have to talk to them. You know, we look and we go, okay, when are they coming out? Or, or all these different excuses. Everybody say excuses. No excuses. Family of God, the power of one. God wants to use you in 2012 the change of life. Now here's the thing. If each one of us would speak to someone, invite them to come to church, and we did this every week. They came to church. Listen, we talked to them about the love of God, and they they would come to church, and then they would begin to do the same process over and over again. Do you know that this, we would not have enough room here in this auditorium that could not hold all the people? You say, well, what what do you mean? What do I have to do? Just simply invite them to come out. Just simply say, God loves you. He cares about you. You know what their struggle is. They're talking to you about it every day. Everybody say every day. Am I right about that? You hear it every day. But then it's like, "Mm, should I invite them to church? Should I not invite them to church? Let Let me help you. Yes. Just invite them. Because you know what? Listen, if they don't come, you're still in the same place that you're at. Listen, even before you invited them. So still invite them. Was it going to hurt? Nothing. But it's going to help them by coming and being around people just like you. And listen, because you care about them, they're going to appreciate that, and they're going to thank you for inviting them to come to church, the power of one. So we're going to talk about how simple it is in just allowing the love of God that's on the inside. How many have the love of God on the inside of you? Every one of you. Just allow the love of God to come out. And say, because I love you, I want to invite you to the church, I want God to do a work in your life like he's done in mine. And God will do it, but we have to stay with it. Everybody say, stay with it. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And then God used Moses to take people out of Egypt, actually out of bondage. You know what? God also used Joshua and Caleb. And you know the story, the the 12 spies. But he used them, notice, and trusted, trusted God's power when everybody else around them didn't. They didn't. And also, there are the only grown-ups, if I can say this, the grown-ups who entered into the promised land, their family, because they chose to believe God. Caleb stands up and steals the people and says, we are able, we are well able to go in. And so I believe we need to take on that same attitude as a church, as an individual. We are well able to take the land. We are well able to be used by God to reach the lost, to reach those that are strung out on drugs, to reach the, the women that, are just, that have been battling, dealing with abuse, to reach children who are hurting, and they're quiet, they're silent, and not telling anybody that they're being abused, to reach those that are dealing with alcohol and nobody knows, to reach those that are fighting depression. I mean, this, the list can go on and on. God will use you. God will use me. And all it takes is the power of one, just one to be willing to say, Lord, here I am. Use me. Let's go on. And then I think about how God raised the judges when when people had fallen because they were doing their own thing and he raised them up and trying to lead them back to righteousness. And then King Josiah reformed, it was postponed, the people's going into exile. God, listen, that's one person, one person The question is, how will God use you? I mean, think about that. I mean, you know, if you were to take a moment and say, Lord, how do you want to use me? And what do you want to do through me? How many lives can I touch? Wow. And you begin to dream like that. And you begin to talk like that. And you begin to pray like that. God will set you up with every opportunity after opportunity and after every opportunity to him. He'll do it. But We have to begin to talk like that, think like that, believe like that. And then I think about the prophet Daniel, who remained faithful to God. Notice this, in the midst of exile in Babylon, the power of one. Daniel chose to continue to do what God had called him to do, even though he was in exile. Even when people would say, you know, let's just count him out. He's in exile. He can't go out. He can't come in. He's locked up. But yet he began to still praise his God. He began to worship God. He continued to begin to pray every day. And God used him to change that nation. And then the king, so much so, said, we're going to serve Daniel's God. Even after God had done miracles after miracles and after miracles, you know it, Daniel in the lion's den and how God delivered him rescued him, went to sleep. The lions never touched him. Why? Because God's hand was on his life. God's hand was on Daniel's life. God's hand is upon your life. God will deliver you. God will protect you. God will rescue you. All we have to do is let him. Just trust him. Everybody say, trust him. And then I I think about Esther. Oh, I love the story of Esther. And Esther, who just stood out amongst all the rest and simply said that, I've been chosen. She was chosen to save the Jews, to rescue them. And I think about, Lord, how have you chosen? What have you chosen me for? Lord, what have you chosen all of you for? Think about that. Now she dealt with challenges, just like all of us are going to deal with challenges. There was fear that came in. She had, in her heart, she had to deal with that fear. I understand that, but protocol and going before the king, we understand all that. But I thank God that he will surround us with people who care about us. He will surround us with people like Mordecai who came alongside and encouraged her and said, girl, don't give up, don't quit. But I will tell you this, that if you choose not to go in and speak to the king, that God will raise up another. Don't think that he won't and your life will not be saved, but God wants to use you. One person can make a difference. One person matters. And because she did that, the whole nation was rescued and saved. Think about all the people that you pass by every day, and you would just become available how God would want to use you. Because the thought simply is this in your notes. If not you, then who? I mean, come on. Then who is he going to use? Not only that, but if not here in Gainesville, then where? And then if not now, then when? If not now, then when? Because we talk about, Lord, when is this going to happen? I want this to be done in my life. I want change. I want that. But the question, it starts with us. It starts with you. It's the power of one. And if God, we should take on the mentality that, that you know what, if God's not going to use another single person, Lord, use me. Use me. And God will. Just taking on that attitude and say, you know, I don't care what people say about me. I don't care if they're talking about me on the job. I don't care if they're talking about me in the schools. I don't care if they're talking about me in the community. I don't care if they're talking about me in my church. It doesn't matter. I'm still going to do what God has called me to do. Each one, reach one. The power of one, because one person matters. Say, I matter. Say it again, and you do. So I want to encourage you. Do not devalue yourself in your notes and what you can achieve for God. That's your blank. Do not devalue yourself and what you can achieve for God. Here's the other part. Believe in the power and potential of one single life. If you've heard nothing else this morning, hear this. Believe in the power and the potential. There's so much power that's at your disposal. And you have been given so much potential that God wants to use you in a mighty way. And I believe sometimes what happens is we, we, we limit ourselves because look in the mirror and we think that maybe I don't have it all together. And maybe I don't look like so-and-so. And maybe I don't talk like so-and-so. Maybe I don't have these things like so-and-so has them. But God knows who you are. He knows where you live. And he's placed his hand, his calling upon your life. And he wants to use you in a mighty way. Or perhaps sometimes what happens is, again, remember, we're waiting for someone else. Have you ever been waiting for someone else? You know, I'm just waiting for you to come on. Now, come on. Now, come on so we can do this. Come on so we can do this. Are you listening to me? Sometimes, you know what? We just have to move forward on our own. Listen to me. Sometimes we have to move forward. Because what happens sometimes in life is that there's some people who are just not ready to move. I said they're just not ready to go forward. They're stagnant. Now, we pray for them. But God has a purpose for your life. Everybody say my life. Say, use me, Lord. Say it again. Use me, Lord. The power of one. And then the last thought is this. As we move forward into the new year, what we mean by everything that was said this morning is simply this. In one year, every one member evangelizes one. If you were to evangelize one, listen, restores one and teaches one we're going to make a difference you're going to make a difference and with one with compassion can make a difference in the lives of others i'm not talking about going out and being crazy i'm not talking about going out and and not being able to be received by people what i'm talking about is just being who you are as you are every day saying hello saying goodbye looking for opportunities to pray for people. And because you're, you're looking for opportunities to pray or, or you're saying, Lord, use me, help me to make a difference in the lives of others. I believe if that's your prayer, that's on your heart, God will do it. He'll use you. Will you bow your heads with me? Close your eyes. I want to pray for you.